December 21st The Big Sleep Aunt Constance Trout, everyone's least favourite aunt and a woman who never ate a Christmas dinner, unwrapped a Christmas present or met a Christmas relative she couldn't complain about, smothered when the Z-bed she was sleeping on concertinaed itself up in the night, putting bends in her where they weren't meant to be. Mind you, dead is possibly the only comfortable way to sleep in a fold-up bed. Lightning flying all the snow with a hey ha 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 ho ha ho with sleigh bells ringing gaily singing merrily we go. Dead vent calendar. A Merry Murder Mystery in 24 Crimes Written by Tobias Sturt And read by John Millington If there's one thing to be glad of about your not being dead anymore I said to my friend Shiloh is that I completely forgot my appointed task for Krampus. I was supposed to pick up the tinsel yesterday. You're alive. Mr Kinch is alive. And now Inspector Street won't be hung from St John's Gate. You may have forgotten, said Shiloh, who had been to the flat to pick up the post. But I strongly suspect somebody else has remembered. You have another Christmas card. Same envelope, same typeface, and hand-delivered. Just like the last one. I took the card and opened it. He was right. Inside was a card identical to the one I'd got giving me the task in payment for Shiloh's murder. On the front was the same illustration of Krampus carrying a weeping child in his basket and inside another message in the same anonymous font. Unhappy Christmas. You didn't get your wish. We're afraid we tried to deliver your order but the recipient was out. Our apologies. In return, please disregard the request we made of you Please do not carry out your task. Alternative arrangements will be made. Meanwhile, we would like to recompense you. Please visit our Customer Relations Department at 8pm on the evening of the 21st December in Santa's Grotto at the Winter Shopping Arcade for a personal appointment. A personal appointment? I repeated, looking up at Shiloh. A personal appointment? He replied, his eyes shining. With a serial killer, I said. A personal appointment in Santa's Grotto with a serial killer whose thing is seasonally themed murders. I shall, of course, be with you, said Shiloh. You say that like it's supposed to make me happy about the idea, I said. It doesn't. In fact, it does quite the opposite. Anyway, you shan't be with me because I'm not going. Of course you are, said Shiloh. I certainly am, and you won't be able to let me go alone to another certain doom. I think I preferred him when he was dead. The winter shopping arcade turned out to be in the middle of a seasonally themed 60s development. Surrounded on three sides by housing blocks called Christmas, Fir Tree and Holly, and on the fourth by a desolate and grimy little square of grass, rather hopefully called Snowdrop Park. Between the buildings was a barren area of concrete, dotted about with empty planters full of cigarette butts. In the middle of the square was an open hole in the paving, punctured on one side by a flight of steps leading down below street level. At the bottom of the steps was the shopping arcade. The shops let into the ground beneath the high-rises. The lighting in the courtyard was dim and flickering, 
the dark bulk of the buildings rising around us, punctured only here and there by the light of curtained windows, flat squares of backlit colour, and the turbulent blue of television sets in darkened rooms. But from the gap in the pavement where the stairs descended came a weird glow, filling the void with shifting colours, red and green and yellow. We came to the top of the stairs and looked down. At the bottom of them was a small paved area open to the sky, around which were ranged the shops, tucked in under the lip of the opening, and all closed up for the night, their fronts covered by metal shutters, themselves covered by graffiti. In the centre of the open space, however, was a garden shed, surrounded by a low fence, and entirely covered all over with flashing Christmas lights, turning this strange little cave into an unnerving kaleidoscope. "'Well,' I said, "'I don't quite know what I was expecting, but this is definitely weirder.' "'Go on,' said Shiloh. "'It's you he wants. I'll be right behind you.' "'I know,' I said, hiding.' Somewhere in the distance, a clock began to strike. Eight o'clock, said Shiloh. Time for your appointment. Come on. And he started down the stairs. I, against my better judgment, as ever, followed him. Shiloh stepped back as we reached the fence around the shed. Above the door was tacked a weathered notice saying, Santa's Grotto. It's your appointment, gestured Shiloh. It's also safer if one of us keeps watch. Safer for who? I said, as I manoeuvred through the little gate and then pushed open the door of the shed. Oh, be careful. The door may be booby-trapped, said Shiloh from behind me. Next time I open a door that may be booby-trapped, I said, point it out before I open it. I went in. Inside, the shed smelled of creosote and freshly cut wood. It was dark except from where the blinking lights outside shone in through the gaps in the poorly fitted planks that made up the walls. In a sudden red flash, a face leapt out at me from the darkness. I may have yelled. I certainly jumped. It was a mannequin in a Father Christmas outfit, slumped forwards in a rocking chair. Then my phone rang, and I jumped and yelled again. It was Shiloh's number. What are you playing at? I shouted back at him. It's not me, he shouted back. The phone was still ringing. I answered it. Thank you for visiting our headquarters, said a voice. I'm afraid there's no one available right now. But your visit is important to us, and someone will be with you shortly. Somewhere at the other end, behind the voice, I could hear a police siren. Is that you, Oscar? I said. Oscar Bulliver? You're especially important to us, continued the voice. You and your friend. After all you've done for us. What are you talking about? I said. I realised I could hear a distant siren by now. I wondered if it was the same one. Was he close? Was he watching? All your planning and organising, said the voice. Your... Ideation. It sounded pleased with that word. It must have got it from Kinch's investors. I was beginning to get used to the light inside the shed now, and I could make out the walls. They were covered in pieces of paper. Photographs. The same photographs that had been on the whiteboard of the Krampus Agency. And more. All the victims of Oscar Bulliver. And notes. The details of the victims. The killings. And... Were those receipts? They were. There was the delivery note for the transformer that had killed Ramage, the package that had blown up our flat, the order for brandy snaps for Mr. Kinch, all there and all delivered to Albert Williams. Me. Not my address, but my name. And there, a delivery to Shiloh Coombs. Another to both of us. Letters, orders, invoices, all in our names. The noise of sirens was growing stronger. More cars, much closer. 
Please stay on the line, said the voice. Someone will be with you shortly. And with a mirthless chuckle, he hung up. Shiloh, I said, I think you'd better see this. What is it? He poked his head around the door. A serial killer's nutty room, I said. Only it's not Oscar Bolivar's, it's ours. Every piece of evidence for every killing and it's all in our names. Shiloh peered around in the flickering gloom. Oh, he said. Oh, I see. How very ingenious. Quite, quite ingenious. If I could interrupt your mutual admiration for your fellow madman for a moment, I said, he's called the police. They're on their way here, on their way to discover evidence that ties us to 21 killings and counting. Inspector Street is finally going to get to feel our collars. I think perhaps in the circumstances, said Shiloh, we should run, I said, and dashed from the shed up the stairs and into the square above without stopping to see if he was following. Shiloh overtook me as we rounded Christmas buildings into the road beyond. He's brilliant, he shouted back at me as he passed. Quite brilliant. I'm going to stick with mad, I shouted back as behind us the blue lights of police cars added to the festive illuminations of the winter shopping arcade. You have been listening to Dead Vent Calendar, written by Tobias Sturt from an original idea by Tobias Sturt and Rowan Davis. The story is read by John Millington, and I read the murders. The music is The Slay by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word, and even rate and review it if you can. You can find more on SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher, and on our website at ruritania.co.uk slash stories. And tune in next episode to open another fatal window in our dead vent calendar. We are going onward through the night.